of your listeners have never heard of Thrivent. And so to know that Thrivent is currently number 316 on the Fortune 500 list, yet it's a nonprofit, yet it's a Christian-owned organization. Our membership is all Christians. Those are some just fun and really unique aspects of who Thrivent is. on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I'm excited to welcome, over the phone line, Carrie Boyce. Carrie, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you, Taylor? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, So for our audience's sake here, uh, you are the Business Development Director for Thrivent Financial Church and Institution Financing. Uh, Now, some of our people in the audience may know what that organization is, but for those who don't, can you explain a little about who is Thrivent and what do you guys do? Absolutely. So Thrivent's been around for about 115 years and financing churches and faith-based nonprofits for a little over 110 of those years. We have been primarily in the Lutheran market until about uh, four years ago when our membership voted to expand to the broader Christian community because we have such a unique offering for Christians. So we're a nonprofit membership organization, and our goal is to help Christians be wise with money and live generously. So then the Church and Institution Financing Group, we take that be wise with money and live generously and apply that to primarily churches. Ninety-five percent of the people we work with or the organizations are churches and do mortgage lending and offer insights and consulting to churches that can benefit from the wisdom that we have. That's really cool. So as you're doing this and working with all these different churches from across the country, what do you find are some of the biggest trends happening that you see? So the trends we're seeing are really, it's exciting and it's fun and there's some different trends taking things different directions. And we're all familiar with the megachurch, uh, the big 20,000-person auditoriums. One of the things we've seen is a shift from that megachurch to more of a multi-site model. So these large churches, instead of building big venues, they're trying to stay more localized into the community. And there's lots of formats for doing that. Some do everything over video, so they have one main production center, so to speak, that provides video to all the other campuses. And some have live worship at each campus. Some have live everything at each campus, and they share centralized governance and maybe centralized services like accounting and those kinds of things. But then ministry really happens uniquely and independently site for site. So lots of different models that churches have adopted to work with kind of their unique culture. Um, One really fun part of that that we're seeing is churches that are growing are taking and maybe acquiring or merging with churches that are struggling and really giving them a leg up to still do ministry, to still serve in the communities they're in. And that's been really a fun thing to notice within the multi-site shift. We're also seeing churches take on side businesses. And maybe there'll be a ministry of the church, and maybe they'll actually set up separate governance and a separate legal entity like an LLC or a nonprofit or even a for-profit business. Uh, 
to serve the community in ways that the community is looking for support or additional services or even just as an opportunity to be an outlet and reach into the community and develop new relationships. We're seeing that span from businesses, whether they're schools and preschools, have probably been around the longest. Then we saw bookstores. Now we're starting to see more things like event centers, entrepreneurial centers that might be uh, job placement or skills training, those kinds of things, all the way out to different uh, coffee center, coffee shops or cafes have been around for a while, senior centers or even third spaces, things we're seeing like bookshare sites or uh, community centers, youth centers. Uh, the coffee shop model expanded almost uh, to a new level where people can come and just hang out, almost like a grown-up community center. We're seeing athletic complexes, all kinds of really creative ways to be more involved and active in the community. And then thirdly, we're probably seeing another big trend that's taking non-traditional space and converting that into ministry. So we've seen churches and schools buying and, bar and converting into you know, school to a church or vice versa, but now we're starting to see things like Kmart or uh, Best Buy or other big box venues converted into stores. They have lots of parking, and so that's always a big concern for larger congregations. So some of those things have worked well. Strip malls, theaters have been a popular place to start up young churches for quite a while. Uh, one of the, the venues that's gaining a lot of momentum is converting bars and restaurants into smaller churches or that second or third site for churches to gather. Uh, believers that have been longtime believers find it easier to bring in Christians or people that haven't been active in church at all or maybe have never been to church into that kind of a venue that isn't so traditional a space for worship. It can really bring down barriers to bringing new people into church. Um, one of the sites I thought was really interesting was a gas station. Gas stations were in, are typically located in high-traffic areas with good visibility, and they've converted this little gas station into a church. We've even seen uh, automotive repair shops converted into churches. They've got the angled floors for seating that were originally designed for drainage, and it's not as big a stretch as you would think, but people are really starting to find some creative places to have ministry happen. That's really interesting. Like, obviously, I knew about things like, oh, they're moving into theaters or schools, but some of those places are uh, are really fascinating to see churches moving into. I want to uh, zero in on one of those shifts that you brought up, because it's definitely something that I've seen, uh, the shift from the mega church to the multi-site model. I'm curious, from your standpoint, why do you think this is a growing trend among churches? Well, we're seeing a higher success rate of new church sites that survive and thrive when they're multi-site, when they're a part of an existing body and they stay connected to that body versus the church plant. Church plant, it's a lot harder, at least from the success numbers and statistics, to get a church plant to be a long-term thriving congregation. But when they're a part of something that's established and bigger and maybe even has name recognition within the community, 
they have access to the resources and structures that are already in place from a larger congregation. And, and usually there are people from within that larger, larger congregation that have been commissioned now to go start a new site. There's a lower learning curve. There's, uh, it's easier to take chances when you know you've got a safety net behind you. And those chances more often prove to be successful when you can go at them wholeheartedly. So just from so many different angles, we're seeing the multi-site be really an effective church planting or church starting model that's been fun to watch. And it spreads the risk out for the church from a real estate, from a cost uh, cost perspective. So there are, are benefits to the church as, and to someone like myself who loans to churches. Uh, it's it's just an easier model to get your arms around, and it's a lower cost structure often for churches to start new sites. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you for, for explaining it from your side. I mean, I can even just tell in your voice as you're describing all these different topics or all that, how passionate you are um, about uh, helping believers to have responsible finances and to empower these churches to do these things financially. Can you talk a little bit personally about what it means to you to be able to provide these services? Oh, boy. Where do you even begin to start? <laughs> so I have one of the best jobs in the world. I get to talk to pastors and churches every day and hear about the cool things they're doing in ministry, the way they're impacting neighborhoods, their dreams for the ministry God has called them to. It's, you know, that all by itself is really fun. And then when I can do it from an organization that is big and strong financially and has the mission to help people and institutions be wise with money and to live more generously, uh, you know, from a personal standpoint, it just uh, fits so well. My husband and I love to teach financial management classes uh, with biblical standards and biblical principles. So on a personal side, this fits me really well. But it's just so exciting to kind of be at that intersection of a large organization and ministry needs and bringing my skills and my passions together, and it's just pretty exciting. I mean, probably many of your listeners have never heard of Thrivent, and so to know that Thrivent is currently number 316 on the Fortune 500 list, yet it's a nonprofit, yet it's a Christian-owned organization. Our membership is all Christians. Those are some just fun and really unique aspects of who Thrivent is. That's really interesting. And kind of getting into it, like you said, some of the listeners may not be super familiar with Thrivent and its models. Can you talk about what makes Thrivent's approach to churches different than banks or other loaning institutions? Certainly. So there are, there are absolutely a lot of similarities between what church and institution financing does and what a bank would do. But we come at things from such a different perspective. As a lender, we're very unique in that we would actually like to see churches all be out of debt and be able to put the money they're paying on debt into ministry. So because that is who we are and the heart of our ministry, we have really unique loan products that can be very long-term or short-term. We offer fixed rates. We offer resetting rates. 
But one really unique factor is we do not do balloon mortgages, which is the typical commercial mortgage where at the end of five, seven, sometimes ten years, there's a large balloon payment that either needs to be refinanced or paid in full. Whereas similar to what most of your listeners are going to be familiar with, where a residential mortgage where at the end of the mortgage period, usually 15 or 30 years, the balance is zero. Unless, of course, you refinance or do other things in the middle. But you know if you pay, make your payments, at the end of the loan, your mortgage loan will be zero. And that's how our mortgage loans are structured. There's lots of other unique characteristics and details, but that is, that's really one big difference. Our rates are very competitive, being a nonprofit, being, not being a bank, um, but at the same time, we have that feature that we want to see churches not in debt, but doing the ministry they're called to do. That's fantastic. So if people want to find out more about Thrivent, they want to look it up, they want to maybe look into some of the options of what Thrivent could do for them, where can they do that? So Thrivent.com is the big the corporate entity website, but if they want to learn more about church financing, maybe their church is looking for a mortgage or to do an addition, Thrivent Church Loan, Church Loans, plural, dot com is our website that will just talk through what makes us unique, how to get in touch with us. Um, We have an 800 number that comes directly to the church loans team. Uh, Any one of us would be more than happy to help any of the churches or anyone who's got a question that they think their church might be interested in participating. We'd love to talk to you. Great. So then uh, that'll be Thrivent Church and Institution Financing. Remember, guys, it's ThriventChurchLoans.com or Thrivent.com for the larger organization here. Uh, Carrie, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. It's been great talking with you. Thank you, Taylor. The pleasure has been mine. Would you be willing to close us out with a prayer? Oh, I would be honored. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I just lift up all the people listening. Uh, I lift up Charisma, and I lift up the work we do at Thrivent. Lord, our goal is for this all to be done to your glory and to extending your kingdom into places that don't yet know how much you love us, how much you love each and every person on this planet. Lord, I just thank you for this day and for the work you give each of us and for the purpose we have in our lives of knowing you and becoming closer to you. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Carrie Boyce on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.